Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I'm Ben Duncan, and on this podcast, I will be interviewing prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana. In today's episode, I am joined by Sam Holt. Sam is the founder of dataimporter.io and through the episode we heard more about his career before Salesforce, how he found his way into the Salesforce ecosystem and the different roles that he has played since. We look at his move from New Zealand to Germany and how he found a role in Germany before he actually arrived in the country and then we look at the business that he has built, so the product that he has been building over the last while why and how he started building the product if this was always a plan of his and ultimately the problem that the product solves and who it's for we focus in on the skills that he has had to develop himself in order to get the product off the ground and then look at the way that he's been building the product in public and how he has benefited from this from input from the broader salesforce ecosystem we then focus on the challenges and experiences that he has overcome and, and the experiences that he has most enjoyed through the journey so far. So Sam is a, a really interesting guy, someone that I feel is going to go far, someone that, that has a thirst for learning and, and is really putting his all into building out this product, but also learning as much as he can along the way. Hopefully the product will be a success, but I definitely feel that he is someone to follow. So uh, I hope you get uh, something from the episode, whether that's you looking to build a product of your own in the future or just looking to get some inspiration from someone that's doing it right now. Uh, hopefully you'll get something from Sam's conversation. If you do, please do subscribe for future episodes that are coming through. Sam, thank you so much for joining us just before Christmas we're recording. So thank you for squeezing us in. Yeah, no, thanks for having me and John. I really look forward to it. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So I came across your details recently on, I think it was LinkedIn and seen some of the work you've been doing and the product you're building. So that's something I'm keen to discuss. But I think products are, are definitely a hot topic and, and a lot of people I speak to want to build a product at some point. So it would be interesting to understand a bit about your background and how you got to this point of releasing something. So what did your career look like before Salesforce? What did you do before you found your way into the Salesforce world? Sure. Yeah, so I studied finance and German at university. And I guess my plan from there was to start building my path in, this, in a finance career. So I started working in a wealth management company back in New Zealand, where I'm originally from, and was working in a customer facing role. So talking with customers about their investments and that kind of thing. And we were customers of Salesforce. So that was basically my first exposure to Salesforce at all. I hadn't heard about it before, definitely hadn't used it and definitely hadn't done any kind of admin work. So that was my first full-time job straight out of university, was working that customer-facing role. And it was gave me really good experience in A, just talking with people, solving problems for people, and just a good ethic and, and how to work really. But you were using Salesforce in that role on the customer side. You were, Correct. I guess, an end, end user? Yeah, correct, correct. When you were using Salesforce, was it a platform you enjoyed working with? Because, you know, you get different responses when you <laughs> ask this question. Yeah, so I think because I was fresh into the company, I didn't have any kind of baggage that I was carrying across from any previous systems. It had only been implemented, I think, five or six months before I joined. And so some of the people that had been there previously had, I guess, their previous ways of doing things. And Salesforce is this completely new tool and the data looks different and all of those kind of 
common stories that you had but for me who was fresh into the company and didn't have any idea of what it was really like beforehand I really loved Salesforce because it was for me very easy to use there was so much that you could do with it and I guess as I started using it more and more I just saw the I guess the possibilities that that we could end up using it for. So were you straight into using Lightning or did you have any experience <laughs> classic side? Yep. So it was definitely still a, a classic version of Salesforce. Uh, so that would have been back in 2017. Yeah. Um, so like Lightning was available back then, uh, but it was still kind of in the period where there was quite a big difference between Lightning and Classic. So there would have been a lot more configuration needed at the time to switch it across. So no, it was definitely still the old lovable Classic version. So that's interesting because when I think of someone coming out of university and, and the, the things you would have been using or seeing and the technology that you would have been used to, then yep. using Classic, I'm, I'm surprised it was maybe because you didn't know anything different, but like the UI and, and it would have been quite dated, right? So it's surprising that you enjoyed working with it straight away and, and it wasn't seen as like this clunky older system. And whereas if someone only knows Lightning, then I guess it's modern. It's, it's what people would expect from an enterprise platform now. Yeah, so I guess my experience throughout university, a lot of the work that we were doing was just with Excel. Okay. So in terms of kind of data analysis or projection models or anything like that, 99% of it was done with Excel. A little bit of kind of Python programming on the side, but most of it was, yeah, very, very much Excel-based. So having any kind of like web interface that you can easily just search into, you can connect lots of different objects together. I just found that very, very easy and I guess relatable. Yeah, nice. So then how did you go from being on the business side as a user to, to becoming a Salesforce professional? Yeah, so like I said, we'd only had Salesforce for kind of five to six months uh, when I started at the company and we didn't have any internal admin resources. So we'd had an implementation partner come in, kind of build the whole system for us, connect the, the different data that we had. And then we just kind of left it to ourselves to deal with the ongoing maintenance of it. And so as I started doing more and more work uh, in the customer facing side, I also started picking up some, some tasks on the side, like building a report, for example, where either my boss or another person in the company would, would, would want to extract some data out of Salesforce. I had just kind of taught myself through Trailhead and YouTube tutorials how to build a report. So I'd go in and build a report and save it and say, here, look, here's this report you can do. And that turned into building a dashboard and that turned into, hey, we want to be able to see this other metric here. Is there any way we can do this? So then I'd go away and research and say, hey, yeah, I think we can add this custom field or this lookup relationship or something. And we'd just start doing more and more until eventually, I guess the company saw that there was a need for this in a more full-time capacity. And they ended up creating a role, which at the time was a business analyst role. So it was definitely more focused on the data side of things. But a lot of our data was held within Salesforce. And so that was, I guess, my first step into a kind of admin-like role, if you like. I think what people can take from that is like, you know, we see a lot of people that want to get into the Salesforce world. And I think people are maybe looking to apply for Salesforce admin roles or looking for new positions. But I think with the you took the initiative, right? You, you kind of studied and learned yourself and then kind of created a role for yourself by taking on more and more responsibility in the business you're already working in and, and showing a desire and hunger to learn and pick up something new. And then ultimately, it was obvious they would give you the role rather than finding someone externally because you'd shown that hunger. 
And I think um, a lot of people that might be working on the business side can take something from that because there is a way you can maneuver your way into a, a Salesforce role, I guess, if your company uses Salesforce. Yeah, for sure. So basically just put myself out there as, you know, I talked to my manager and said, hey, I'm looking to willing to pick up some kind of extra tasks. I want to develop my skill set. And when there was any little report or something that needed done, I would just give it a try. And if I couldn't do it, I'd go back to them and say, hey, I might need some more time or I need some some help with this. And that that was all good. But yeah, I definitely think having some experience on the customer facing side and being an end user of Salesforce helped my understanding of the admin side of things as well. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like there's things in Salesforce that you can implement from an admin perspective or from a developer perspective that might not actually fit what the end user needs. But I was coming from the end user side and then slowly starting to build up my admin knowledge from there. So I think that really helps with my, yeah, my positioning in the company. Definitely. And, and now you're in Germany. And I know I understand the journey um, that you went through to, to get there in terms of finding a job before you actually arrived in Germany. And I think a lot of people are looking for new opportunities outside of the country they're in at the moment. How did you nail a job before you'd even step foot in Germany for uh, this time, I guess? Yeah, so I was, the, the plan was initially just to move over to Germany and try and find a job once I was over here. So the plan was to kind of take maybe two or three months as a holiday period, if you like, come over, get myself set up, and then start applying for jobs once I was here. But what I actually did beforehand is there was a couple of people that I reached out to. So one of those was account executive at Salesforce for the company I was still working with. He had recently moved back to Canada. And so I reached out to him and just said, hey, look, I'm moving over to Germany. I really want to stay in the Salesforce ecosystem. Is there anyone that you would at least have, you know, that I could have a chat with over there just to get some ideas about the best way to approach finding a job in Germany and what Salesforce is like in Germany? And he was, he was really, really helpful and actually posted on, I think, an internal forum or a, or a Slack or something like that over in Germany. And an account executive in Germany saw the post looked me up on LinkedIn because I'd actually changed my location already on LinkedIn to Frankfurt, saw that I was in Frankfurt and knew of a consulting company who was looking for someone who had English and German knowledge, had experience in the finance industry, and they, they reached out to me. And we had a couple of interviews and talked about the visa situation, which kind of sorted itself out. And yeah, or I think it was about a month before I even left New Zealand, I had found the job. So I guess it just goes to show and it really gave me confidence in the Salesforce ecosystem that it is really community based and people are really willing to help each other out. Yeah, so that was really worked out really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And also to your, your with the visa situation, like, did you have a visa before you changed your location to Frankfurt? No, so as a New Zealand citizen, you can come over to Europe. So you can come over to Germany for three months on a tourist visa, essentially. And then you could, my plan was there's a job seekers visa that you can go on. So if you're coming here and looking for full-time employment, you get up to six months to, to live here and look for employment. And then there's the, I guess, the best visa you can apply for is called the blue card visa, which lets you stay and work in, in Germany for four years. And then you can also, at the end of those four years, just roll it over for another four years. So my, my plan was just to do that. But yeah, once I actually arrived in Germany, because I already had the job contract, I was able to apply for that blue card visa just straight away. 
And if you're in Australia or New Zealand listening to this, please don't take any of that advice because we can't do with anyone leaving <laughs> the, the region for, for Germany. But yeah, good to know. Good to know for people that might consider a trip to Europe in the future. And, and I understand, so you were in finance and, and your experience had kind of been quite core to that finance world, but were you specializing in particular Salesforce products or areas of Salesforce as well at the time? Yeah, so I guess at the wealth management company in New Zealand, we had sales cloud or sales and service cloud. And we had marketing cloud also that came in at the end. And we also had analytics cloud, which is now Tableau CRM. And so yep. I was very much heavy on the analytics side of things, managing the data flows, building interactive dashboards, customer analysis, and that kind of stuff. So I was very much focused on the analytics cloud side of things. And so the consulting company over in Germany had actually a, a contract with a customer looking to implement analytics cloud. And it was quite a new product at the time. So there weren't that many people who actually had hands-on experience of, of analytics cloud who have implemented it, built dashboards, distributed them to end users. So I think that was really the key selling point for myself is that at the time I didn't actually have any certifications. I didn't have any admin certifications, analytics consultant, any of that stuff. I just told them the different types of projects that I had done. And yeah, I think that was the key selling point was that I had that hands-on experience. Out of interest, why, why didn't you have certifications at that point? I guess, to be honest, when I was in the, in the role in New Zealand, there was no kind of expectation because I'd kind of fell into the role. I never really thought of it as there being a need for me to get the certifications. But I guess as I moved through my career, I definitely see the value in them, especially when you're moving between roles or for your, for your own branding, I guess, to, it's just an easy stamp that people can say, okay, he obviously has some level of understanding, mm -hmm. but in the pre, like I said, in the, in the first job, because I'd kind of created that role for myself and I wasn't actively looking for other admin like or consultant positions until I was moving to Germany. And it was just never a, a priority for me in those early years. And were you at that point when you were in New Zealand, because obviously I, I know now from your and what you're doing with the product and, and the community that you're, you're now involved in, like, were you involved in a, an active kind of community and, and user group and things like that in, in New Zealand? Yeah, so not, not too heavily, but there was definitely some events that I attended. So whenever there was any kind of like mini dream forces, if you like, that they held in Auckland, I would definitely attend those. I did a, I presented to some of the account executives in Salesforce in Auckland when I had implemented the analytics cloud, again, because that was a new product and they hadn't really seen many customers or many use cases in New Zealand of people using that product. So I was, I definitely had some, some connections in the, in the local space, which, which were really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you decide you wanted to build a product and was it because you identified a need for the product or did you always want to kind of have a, an idea that you could build? So I'd always wanted to have my own business, even before I'd gone to university. Like, I think it first started when my uncle down in Wellington had his own pub. And sometimes when I'd go to visit him, I'd go with him at the end of the night and he'd be just like counting the money in the cash register. And those kinds of things, I guess, had just built like a, I don't know, like an entrepreneurial spirit, if you like in me that I'd always wanted to have my own business. And so I'd always had that inside, that feeling that I wanted to build something for myself, build a product that people wanted to use. And I was just kind of waiting for the right time or 
I often struggled for the right idea. I often felt like I could execute something, but I could just, I was just struggling to think of the idea. And I guess from my time working on the admin side of things, and then throughout my time as a consultant, I just saw lots of companies having issues with data, getting data into Salesforce, having clean data, and just connecting different systems. And there was lots of manual work going on, lots of consulting hours, or lots of very, very expensive products. And then I would just talk with different people on Twitter, look through Trailhead or the idea exchange and see other people having similar concerns. And so I thought there was a, an opportunity in the market. And at the time I was still working as a consultant and we basically had it in the contracts that we can't kind of create our own product in the Salesforce ecosystem while we're still working as a consultant. And so I thought it was just a good point in my career. Like I felt I had enough experience and I thought to be able to fully focus on the product that I should do it full time. And so I quit my job essentially and decided to yeah, focus on building the product full time. Jumped in with both feet. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, nice. So tell me a little bit about the product. What is it and who is it solving problems for? Yeah, so it's essentially a tool for both admins and consultants to help clean and connect and import their data into Salesforce. If you think of the kind of standard Salesforce data loader product, it's a piece of software that you have to install on the PC. And it's very good at being able to do kind of basic imports or updates of data, but it's generally a very manual task. And there's no kind of ability for you to clean data or connect different data together or schedule those jobs unless you do some kind of manual coding work. So I thought there was a position in the market and a product that could really help kind of small to medium-sized Salesforce customers connect their data sources, whether it be like Dropbox or external database systems, or even just CSV files, clean that data up so you can kind of deduplicate records, format different columns, create formula columns, and get it imported into Salesforce and then schedule those imports if they need to to be run daily, weekly, or monthly. Yeah, nice. So you, you mentioned before you really struggled to have the idea you thought you could execute. So now you have the idea and how did you then execute? Because that sounds to me, you've built a product, right? Which typically means you need to code something, you need to develop something and, and your background wasn't from the software engineering or computer science space. So what have you had to learn and develop and, and grow as an individual to be able to build this product? Yeah, so I did one computer science paper while at university, and that was like an introduction to Python course. And so that really sparked an interest in me wanting to learn programming further. So I didn't go down the route of studying it at university, but what I would do is kind of on the weekends or after work, I would just kind of teach myself Python. So I would try and develop my own programs or my own web apps for myself, just for my own kind of personal use. And throughout that time, learned some skills in yeah, building web apps and UI and that kind of stuff. And so I was able to use those skills when I started to build a product and I've just kind of expanded my knowledge since then. Yeah, well, the moment you decided this was the product for you, did you have enough level of skill in Python to start building or did you then have to really kind of ramp up and, and spend a period of time really focusing on that before you could actually get to building? So I would say the, the fundamentals of the product I was pretty good at because a lot of what the product is doing is 
loading data, manipulating data, data analysis, and that kind of thing, which I'd done a lot of throughout university as well. So I felt like I had the core concepts down pretty well. But a lot of what I've had to learn is things like server deployment, security, patching, all of those kinds of things, which I just didn't really have that much experience with. And it's been really good with the Salesforce community and also with people on just on Twitter and LinkedIn have been really, really helpful. So whenever I've had questions, I'll just either post it publicly or reach out to people who I, I know are also in a similar space and people have been really willing to help. And yeah, I've learned a lot from them as well. Yeah, that's something I found interesting. And, and that's kind of how I came across you on LinkedIn was because you are building in public, you're very open and honest around, you know, what you're doing, how it's going, the, the results so far. Why did you decide that was the best approach? And kind of what value have you got from doing that and building with the ecosystem, I guess, and them on site? Yeah, so I guess I saw on Twitter specifically that there was quite a lot of people, I guess, since the pandemic started, a lot more people have been kind of working remotely or building a side project and starting their own businesses. And this build in public movement is essentially, yeah, like you said, where people will start either a side business or a full-time business and will just talk very openly about it on social media. So on Twitter or LinkedIn, giving updates about revenue, about what's been working, what hasn't been working, new features, or if the product failed, just being really open and honest. And so I saw lots of people doing that and just took inspiration for it. And because like you said, I didn't have a background as a software developer. I knew that lots of these people would be able to help me out as well and just be someone that I could bounce ideas off. And so I started to just yeah, talk about the product or talk about that general idea of data and Salesforce. And what it's been really helpful for is I've had people just reaching out to me before I'd even launched the product, wanting to try it out, wanting to suggest features. And, you know, sometimes I would build something in the product and think that it's kind of really obvious how you would use it and how it should be done. And then people would go in and be really confused. So it's been really helpful for getting feedback about the product and what has and hasn't been working. And it's just been really a good opportunity to talk with people from all over the world. So we've had, I've talked with people from Australia, Canada, Asia, South America, working in lots of different roles and responsibilities. So it's been a great way to connect with people from all around the world, I guess. Yeah, awesome. That's amazing to hear. And what has been the biggest challenge, aside from, I guess, actually building the product and learning the, the things you didn't from a technical standpoint, like running a business and, and launching a business and things like that, what's been challenging that maybe you didn't expect to be as, as challenging? I guess I, I kind of knew it would be challenging in, in a sense, but the marketing for the product is not something that I have any experience with. So I've got kind of experience on the data analysis side and a Salesforce consulting and admin side. So I knew I'd be reasonably solid on that side of things, but in terms of marketing a product, how to talk to the right people is something that I've definitely struggled with. So a lot of our early users have been Salesforce admins or Salesforce consultants. But what I've kind of found is that they're often the right end users for the product, but sometimes not the people who will end up being the decision makers, whether to purchase the product or not. Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of finding that difference between I obviously want people to be using the product, but at the same time, I want to be able to find people who are also going to be able to decide whether to buy the product or not. So that's something which I'm still in the learning process of. 
Yeah, I think that's that's often um, the challenge that we hear because it's just a different skill set, right? And it's something you, you've never had to do before or never been exposed to in terms of purely marketing a product. And I think like marketing services and marketing a product are very different as well. And a lot of people think if you build a great product, people will just come and find it. But that isn't yep. really how it works. No. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I've seen like another competitor to product, I guess, is dataloader.io. And so one of the ways that we've, or that I've been able to find people to kind of test the product is just by people that are going on those forums and saying, you know, asking for a feature or saying something that they're not happy with. And I'll just reach out to them and talk with them and basically try and get them on board. So that's been a really good way of being able to find people willing to test out the product as well. Yeah, just being a bit more creative. And I think, have you read Mark Benioff's book? Uh, I think it was the first book, Behind the Cloud, where it talks about like the early days of Salesforce marketing and, and like being a bit kind of different and, you know, going and doing things that perhaps weren't seen to be, you know, the, the right thing to do, but really quickly built the brand. And I think it's just about being creative right in this day and age and, and using the technology and hunting people, I guess, and being a bit different and, and being seen to be a bit quirky or, or your style to be a bit more out there. Yeah, for sure. And then I think that another challenge which I'm facing is just having trust in the ecosystem, because I, I feel like that's a pretty big part of the Salesforce ecosystem. Obviously, the product that I built are dealing with companies and their customers' data. So it's obviously a very sensitive topic. So just being able to convince people that I'm a trustworthy person and that a product is one that they can trust is really important. So I think that's where building in public and being open and honest and having other people in the ecosystem kind of advocate for me is really helping as well. Another point that I'm not at the moment, not on the app exchange. So that's going to be, and is already a point where some people are saying, you know, what we only want to use apps that are listed on the app exchange, because that means Salesforce has reviewed the product. It's going to gone through their security review process. Um, so there's, there's those things, but I feel like those kinds of things will work themselves out along the way. Definitely. And so aside from challenges, what have you most enjoyed about the experience so far? To be honest, it's just been a great learning experience. Like since I started working on the product a few months ago, up until the launch earlier this month, there's just been so much I've learned from talking with different people, because obviously I've kind of only had my own experiences in the Salesforce ecosystem and faced challenges that were present in the companies I was working with. Whereas some people have completely different challenges that I just would never have thought of and had never really focused the product on. So being able to just talk with people at lots of different companies of different sizes at different levels of their sales force or business knowledge. So I've been able to talk with people who have also built apps in the ecosystem. And some of them are, you know, multi-million dollar products. And some of them are kind of in the similar stage from as myself. And we've been able to talk and talk about what's been working, what hasn't been working, and I can kind of build on their learnings and, and skip a few steps, if you like, in that path. So I would say those are the things that I've probably yeah, enjoyed the most is just talking with lots of different people. And obviously on the business side of things or on the work side of things, being able to work kind of when I want, how much I want, and focus just on things that I really find enjoyable has been a, a really refreshing experience. What's most important to you? I, and I know obviously you want the product to be as successful, but like, are you seeing the revenue as the most important thing or is it just the learning for you at this stage of your kind of career and, and journey? 
Yeah, so I mean, revenue is obviously going to be a part of it at some point. So the plan for the product at the moment is essentially just to, I guess, get the word out there, build up some kind of branding and some awareness of the product, build up the free user base as well, because we have a free tier for the product where people can use it with all of the features and the only limit is just the amount of data. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to just build up as much knowledge and experience as I can. And the hope is that eventually I will have enough revenue for the product where it can essentially pay for my cost of living and then yeah, kind of see where to go from there. So I don't have any, I guess, grand plans that this is going to be the next billion dollar idea. But what I'm wanting to get out of it is learning, which so far I definitely am. And then, yeah, potentially going into the future, it'd be a kind of revenue income source for myself. Yeah, nice. And I, I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're taking all of the right steps for it to be a success. And obviously you're enjoying the experience so far, which is also you know really important. No one wants to build something that they don't enjoy working with. And you're really getting the power of the Salesforce ecosystem by collaborating and, and being embedded in, in that space and picking people's brains. So that's really, uh, really great to hear. And if anyone wants to reach out and pick your brains yourself, if someone's kind of a couple of steps behind where you were, or even a potential customer, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, you can either email me at sam at dataimporter.io or you can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn. It's just Sam Holt, so it's pretty pretty straightforward. And yeah, happy to have a chat with anyone who has any questions about the product or just about building an app on Salesforce. Um, Yeah, I'll be happy to pass on the help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, where things are this time next year. And I'm sure things will be a success because, you know, you're you're putting yourself out there and and it seems you have a thirst for learning as well, which, uh, which can only be a good thing. For sure. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talent Hub Talk. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love it if you could subscribe and also leave a short review. Um, We're keen for this podcast to reach as many people in the Salesforce ecosystem as possible, and your reviews will help us do that.